Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And as far as sports goes, a little house cleaning to be done right now. Uh, I recently got a new job, and I've been facilitating the transition from one job to the other, so I've been working both. So for those of you who have been sending me messages going, where the hell is the NHL draft pod? Where the hell is the NBA draft pod? Uh, hopefully we'll get to it. We might be super late, but I don't know. We're, we're going to have Craig on and we're going to do sports stuff, but I've barely had time to sleep and bathe myself, let alone record any sort of podcasts on sports, but we will get Craig on soon and be talking more sports, especially now that spoiler alert, Game of Thrones is over. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, well, it is now. Spoiler alert the rest of the way for, for the Game of Thrones. We got most of the crew here. Unfortunately, Bill couldn't make it. And according to the text message he just sent me, he actually hasn't even watched the last episode. And he's saving it like a fine wine. And hopefully he'll pop on this podcast after he has a chance to watch it. Uh, Mike Leapock, who's been here mo- uh, pretty much every week this whole way, is here. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, it's going well. Not bad. Good to have you back for this one. Uh his lovely wife and her the birthday girl herself, Liz Leapock, is here. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, great to have you back. It's been a while since we've had you on. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, Kevin Miller's here. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, not too bad. Good to have you. And Rob Callflesh is also here. Shut up. The adults are talking. <laughs> <laughs> well glad to be back. Sir. So we got our, our round-esque table here for... A pretty damn good finale. <laughs> good lord, to the to the uh, hour and twenty minutes this episode was it was crazy. Twenty? Uh, Did you have ten extra minutes that I didn't have? Yeah, the, well, there was a uh, behind the scenes episode that they, like they, there was like a ten minute inside the episode type oh. thing at the end of mine that was rather interesting. I'm mad that I didn't see that. Yeah, I did not catch that. Yeah, everyone yeah. pause it. I'm gonna go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed that. It was just Benny Benny Hoff and Weiss talking about you know like you know these are the things these are the buttons we wanted to push and you know this was us moving the chess pieces around and you know we knew we had this weapon we knew the wildfire was going to be a thing when we started this year and stuff like that and yeah, it was it was really good. They're like, well, we're looking at the budget and uh, it turns out we're <laughs> spending way too much money on actors. <laughs> yeah, so, boy, that's not a problem anymore. Yeah. <laughs> How can we just get rid of a lot in one scene? Yeah. Oh man. I, I mean, we, let's we can just get right into the whole uh, Law and Order King's Landing edition. Boom <laughs> 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 boom. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, man, we lost a lot of people in that stuff. <laughs> Good Lord. And I mean, like moment of silence, if you will, for Marjorie Tyrell and Natalie Dormer gone, but, uh, she, she will be missed. Never right? forgotten. Never. Never. Yet another, forgotten. uh, major house of Westeros that is nearly extinct. <laughs> she even knew something was up. Yeah. Well, she tried to get out. She She's tried. the only stupid one. Yeah. As yeah. soon as she figured out that, you know, something was amiss and tried to get out, I was like, Oh good. She'll survive this and I'll be so happy. And, you know, she'll go off to, you know, keep doing her cool stuff. And then it's like, you know, even when she was being trapped there, I was like, Ooh, how's she going to get out of this one? And I honestly felt like I was like back me in season one when I didn't think, Nope, Nope. They <laughs> do vaporize the people that you like to. 
back thinking it's I, like how how's Ned Stark going to get out of that? Yeah, exactly. You know, as soon as I the had the coming down. <laughs> I had the precise same feeling even after the beheading, right? And and after this giant explosion, I had the same feeling of complete denial. Like I was like, and somehow Queen Marjorie is thrown free of the explosion. God, no. She's going to be uh, okay, right? Because <laughs> I just, I, she's going to survive everything, right? So, yeah. Well, she's just a little vaporized. She's still good. She's still good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just think among those deaths, her and Tommen, like, Tommen was pretty heartbreaking for me, too, because I felt his suicide was so just, like, well, okay, here we go. And he just, like, marched out the window. Like, yeah, he never... Yeah, that was the really was like, powerful thing. No pomp, no circumstance, doesn't say anything, just out. He no just, music, he just even. He crown off and walked yeah. out. Yeah. The music, yeah, just, when they were down in the in the, in the the bowels of the city trying to figure out what was going on, I music, loved whatever that dissonant choral music was. It was so yeah. cool. Those that episode was really well edited. What was it, 10, 15 minutes? That whole, like, every all of that up until Tommen's death? Whatever all of that was... The music was fantastic. Basically, the, 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 the whole, use was, of piano and like absence of talking and everything. Yeah, the, and then when the, the and then when the children like, come in. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, and the cello as well. Fuck this, this everything like, about it. It's like this. The first note that I heard, I'm like, I know how this all plays out, and it did. I, any of the talking and conversations that it did have, like with the Grand Maester in the in the cellars and whatnot. Whatever was said is like I didn't know, but it's just like there's going to be a lot of people dying during this. Uh, yeah. I, th- during this track of music. <laughs> Mike, what were you going to say? It was like one of the probably the best scored episode of Game of Thrones yet. Like it was, yeah. it was incredible. It was perfectly done. Really, it was really. also and then like the different. whole idea of like Tommen and his just like how uh, plainly his whole scene was done, and that it was just like with no music whatsoever is. Really powerful. So bleak. And you even it's a good saw, episode. You saw it coming too because they had that camera shot. Just here's the stationary camera. You're in frame. He takes his crown off, walks away, but the camera doesn't move. Mm-hmm. The scene doesn't cut. It's just like, oh my god, he's going out that window. <laughs> like you we just actually... you see it coming. You're just on the edge of your seat the whole time for everything. We were messaging with friends of ours, and I'm going to give a little shout-out to Sarah Fabrowski here, who sent a message. Um, when it when to- she saw Tommen on screen, and they and he was saying, I'm so sorry, my lord, or your grace, um, she texted he, out, He, he took off his helmet and walked off stage. And, yeah, yeah, she's like, Tommen doesn't want to live on this world anymore. Yeah. And, and then, then five seconds like, later, he jumped out the window. <laughs> and she was like, I didn't mean to be right. <laughs> Tommen, sweet cinnamon bun, too pure for this world. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so much so. God, that was heartbreaking to me because he's an innocent, totally, you know? Yep. And uh, much like the Tyrells, uh, one Lannister left. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess two. Well, I guess two. three. I <laughs> guess I actually said, are they going to get Kevin busy and make an heir now? I don't think they can do that. <laughs> I know. Three, three Lannisters. I mean, they had plausible deniability before. I don't think they can do that now. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, three, three Lannisters died this episode. Kevin Lancel. Yeah, Lan- uh, yeah I, that was going to be a question I had. Was Kevin Lannister in there? I was, rewatched yeah. that scene and I never actually saw yeah, him. Or yeah, I, yeah, he, he was in an extended Mace Tyrell the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just man. rewatched the episode again before uh, signing in for this, and yep, Kevin, Kevin John, was there. Gone too soon. It's just that Mace Tyrell's like 
mustache keeps drawing so much attention in that scene. <laughs> yeah, that guy looks like a Muppet. You can't not stare at him. <laughs> yeah. He does look like a Muppet. Um, I love the fact that Quiburn was just like, listen, I know we're doing this thing, but I hate this Picel guy. Can I lure him down with my children and just watch him die? <laughs> like, just, like, I, like, cause he was headed to the building, right? So it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Hey, listen, He's Queen Thursday, as long as we're killing folks, I mean, can I just yeah. have one? Can I just have one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's like, Picel, you could argue, got it worse than anybody has in the history of Game of Thrones before, right? Stop like, the hell with that, dude. Well, there, yeah. there was that, uh, that wildling chick who got eaten by those kids. That was pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, that's true, by the zombie children. You know what, though? Like, it was such a Caesar being assassinated moment. Like, except by, like, except it was an old fart bag being assassinated by a whole bunch of children. I did not <laughs> exactly regret... Exactly like Caesar, except not at all. He's just a guy who got stabbed by a bunch of people. I did not regret Pycelle's death, that's all I can say. Uh, well, we gave a lot of credit to the people who scored and created the music for this. I would like to give a shout-out to whatever costume designer designed Cersei's dress yeah, for this. at this point, I would invite yeah. you guys to click on my link... <laughs> Because yeah, I was getting because... a revolutionary girl Utena vibe from that whole thing. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'll tell you the vibe I got from it was she reminded me, she looked like Ventress from Star Wars. Like, she just needed two lightsabers mm-hmm. that she could mm-hmm. yeah. run down the hall with and start slicing everybody up with. That was that was what that reminded me of. But it was just like, because she can't wear the black hat for whatever reason, so she's just got to wear the black dress. Well, here, uh, I'm going to find a link and send it to you, but you know what that outfit is. It's Tywin's. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that's straight up Tywin's armor. Or yeah. his, his oh, like... His I did clothes. not know that. That's a bonus thing you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Boom. Looks good on Dropping knowledge on your face. Where the hell with that dress? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like... It's just... The smirk. Like, good lord. Like, again, they need to make an <laughs> Emmy, and I've said it a thousand times on this show, they need to just have an Emmy for best acting from the neck up. And then... <laughs> yeah. just, and then just name it the friggin' uh, yeah, the Lena Hetty, and just have it. They're like, we're giving away the Lena Hetty this year, and and just because man, like that smirk, and then she went for the glass of wine, and she was like, okay. ah, link ah. is coming down. Pierce, you got to put this in the show notes or whatever wherever you post this thing. I got to look at this will. comparison. Mm-hmm. God, that's so awesome, mm-hmm. man. That's well, right. like just that. that. Yeah, I mean, her victory was short lived, but uh... well, she didn't even seem that upset about Tom and. And I'm not saying that she wasn't, but I think she's just, you know, almost relieved now she gets to be queen. And, and she had the prophecy from, like, the previous season where she knew all three mm-hmm. of her kids were going to die anyway. Yeah, so maybe I, I she's think, just happy she's to been, have it over she's with. She's been dealing, she's been kind of coping with his death for long before he actually died. Yeah. And, and she was going to prevent it as long as possible. But when it happened, she's like, yep, well, you know, like, this was this was, this was written. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it's interesting to see her come full circle on the season because her first scene in this season was her mourning Marcella's death. Right, yeah. And she always hated the sexism, right? The fact that, you know, Jamie was the heir and Jamie was so awesome and everyone loved Jamie. And she felt that she was just as intelligent, just as, like, she felt that she was Tywin's true yeah. heir, right? Of course, I think we all know that Tyrion is Tywin's true heir. Um, but, uh, but, you're so short. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's a certain part in me as a woman watching this that is pretty pumped to see all the fabulous, strong female leaders that are happening. Not that yeah. I think that Cersei is the smartest or 
you know, most able of all of those, but she certainly is currently succeeding. So, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because she's a character who we always like to see which way she's going to kind of flip out and act out next, and literally nothing holding her back anymore. Um, she's not going to have any more kids because I think she's too old and it would be too obvious who the dad is. She's Her light, her family is almost completely extinct. She's the queen now. Like, nothing's holding her back anymore. <laughs> that, that was the thing I was wondering because when I came in and there was that look that, like, when Jamie Lannister showed up, and we'll, we'll get to Jamie and his exploits in this episode, but, uh, like, when he walked in, I couldn't tell if he was happy in the sense that, like, he's like, oh, my God, she did it. Or if she was like, oh, crap, what have we done? She's sitting on the throne. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. We are also screwed because I know this woman better than anybody. Well, also, Reddit is kind of horrified because now he knows, oh, shit, I guess my other kid is dead now. This yeah, well, exactly. that, that like, in the fact that... Why is not on the throne then? Well, that and, you know, he killed uh, the Mad King to prevent what she did. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's yes. a good point, too. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Yeah. Yes. I I felt that like he had this feeling of like what have you done, Cersei? You know, like at the same mm-hmm. time he loves her and he like I'm not sure that he's against the idea of her being queen, you know, even queen ruling queen, right? Not queen consort. Um but uh but the way she's gone about it, like when he rides up to the city and he sees the sept is gone, you know, and there's this giant cloud of smoke hanging over the city. He's like, shit. And he knows she's going to be on trial. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, at least in Jamie's mind, especially considering his development, the bloom's kind of off of the Cersei Rose and has been for quite some time. I, did uh, really I think, have I think he's not of... looking at her, you know, he's not desperately in love with her, I don't think, anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah may- like he's maybe he's finally wavering. Much. Because, you know, when he saw Brienne again, there was a real, like, massive affection there. And, and when he was like, I love Cersei, I actually... There was a real massive affection. I see what you did there. <laughs> pretty... Oh, Matt. Because pretty... um, she's huge! But I actually shouted out oh, in, the middle of, in the middle of that episode. I was like, except for Brienne. He also likes Brienne. I loved Bronn's whole thing where he was like, do you think they're doing it in there? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the episode where I came on and said, "So, is are more people in love with Brienne than any other character on this show now? Like, is she the hot girl in town? Because <laughs> it seems to be heading that way. Because because Braun was saying some shit and Pod was kind of commenting, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think Jamie's Jamie's got some conflicting uh, emotions going on right now. Yeah, definitely. Now, admittedly. I am not the biggest fan of the Lannisters. I, I like. I, I want to see them all go down, especially now that Kevin Lannister is gone. My 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 and Tywin, mm-hmm. my favorite of the Lannisters. But when Cersei was giving it to that Septa Unella broad, I gotta say, part of me smiled because I was like, God, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's just so smug. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um, as horrifying as that scene was. It was definitely. Well done, and a little bit of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of deserved <laughs> at least part of this. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the great strengths of the show like this, actually, is the fact that you can hate a character and just think that they are the worst, like Cersei, but then be, like, on their side in a mm-hmm. scene like that. Because I definitely was like, yeah, give it to Septo Nella. Dump that wine on her face. <laughs> like, <laughs> Even though, like, 
There he's the worst. God. <laughs> he's the absolute worst. Yeah, she gets to be the worst again. Nah, since last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, well, we needed a new villain, right? Because we lost our villain. Right, a return so. to an old villain. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Well, the, yeah, return of the queen, I guess, <laughs> the, of the queen of the villains, because I guess she was the season one villain, wasn't she? And then Joffrey took over. Mm. Well, when it's, yeah. Then, well, more or less. What's the villain it, arc been on Game of Thrones? It, it started off as Cersei, and then it was Joffrey. Yeah. And then after Joffrey left, I guess it became Ramsay, and now we're back to Cersei, right? Basically. Yeah, if you but want Cersei came back more powerful. That's true. That's just, right. she, she came back with a bang, just reminding yeah. her that, it, as you know, as mean or as evil as other people are, she's a, just a straight-up supervillain. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Cartoonish, if you will. Yeah. Who else can well, make much. a giant church explode in a splash of fluorescent green fluid? She's just sitting there, like, drinking her wine, wringing her hands, like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the shot of her on the iron. I do like the time bomb element of it, too, when Lance was, like, crawling over in the dirt and there's these candles that are burning down. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to make it. And that kid who was just like, leg stab! <laughs> Good luck, stupid. <laughs> what? Speaking of that kid um, that, that, stabbed, um, that stabbed him, what did he come back for? It looked like he picked something up off his body, but maybe he didn't, or maybe he just stabbed him again. Uh, that's a good yeah, question. He I, that, asked, he's like, "What are you doing?" And then he just kind of got up and left. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was... whole thing was just like it. it, it to me, it, mm. it seemed like subterfuge stuff just for the audience to, because there's no reason yeah. to lure Lancel down there, right? No. Whatsoever. Yeah, we get to my, be my Lancel that, that scene he was just looked... to realize what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah my, well, my, my thought on that scene was that he he straight up just checked him out to make sure he was going to bleed to death. Yeah, he's like, nope, be. yep, he's, he's, he's going out. <laughs> he's cool. just right. injured enough to make this poetic. I thought yeah. maybe he was making sure he was paralyzed. Yeah. There, there was actually reason to have him go down there, and that was to make sure that he did die. Because otherwise, if he didn't see the kid, presumably he was on his way to the Red Keep to go get Cersei, and then he wasn't going to die because he'd be out of range. And uh, she wanted all the arrows to now. die. So, so Lancel was supposed to go down into the depths. Well, he mm. sent the other sparrows back to get more people. Mm. That's all oddly in place. So, like, it was really just done for, like Miller said, so that we, the audience, get to be Lancel at that moment as well, where it's like, what the hell's going oh, on? Sure. I can, and then it's like, I can see oh, crap. Cersei, though, wanting to specifically make sure that Lancel died. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it's no mistake. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's a little convenient, but sure. I mean, it works for both the show and for story purposes, so I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can cool down a little bit after after talking the uh, <laughs> cool down wildfire. See what I did there? So uh, fast. So fast. Uh, Sam and Gilly back. I honestly forgot these two were even a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, like, I can't be the only one who, when, like, those two got off the carriage ride or whatever going like oh yeah these two i was i was just hoping it was a short scene and it, thankfully it was yeah they did the whole it, it, he got to go through the beauty and the beast uh west wing of whatever the, uh, twilight zone <laughs> yeah it was time least. now <laughs> yeah that was a good one my books forever <laughs> i have to say gilly's getting prettier which i like and i loved the library yeah. Because yeah. I love libraries and anything that's like an old-fashioned, like fancy, ridiculous library with a billion books in it. Okay, that's 
plenty for me. I was very happy. Yeah, no, that, I, think that, that, was that scene, I think that scene was actually pretty important because it uh, it offered a little bit of respite from the intensity of the rest of the episode. I mean, everything else was oh, yeah. like blowing up and death and torture. And then that was him dealing with a real dick bureaucrat and then seeing a cool library and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know what? That's, that's great. That's just like in the, uh, the episode of uh, Blackwater Bay where they have that really long scene about Gendry going to the, uh, the whorehouse and how they gave all his money back. And it's this really funny thing, just this light little, you know, funny thing that people can enjoy. And then you have some time to breathe before everyone starts dying again. You mean pod, right? Yeah. Pods. Pod. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's like in wrestling when they always there was always like the really intense match would be like the third last, and then they'd have the ladies match so that everybody could you know go use the bathroom before the main event. Uh, yeah, it's a lot like that. I, I like the exterior scene of uh, Old Town when you can see that they're releasing mm-hmm. those like giant flocks of white ravens from the citadel, and you know book readers they they called attention to it later in the episode, but book readers are like, oh shit, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it meant? The yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did an episode at the beginning of I think season two where like the first scene in King's Landing is there was a white raven on the table when Tyrion shows up and then's like I'm a, I'm the hand of the king, but there's like a white raven on the table basically announcing that the citadels determined that they're using all their their astrological equipment and telescopes and lenses and et cetera to determine hey the seasons have officially changed, and that was the beginning of fall and now we're at the beginning of winter. Okay. Yeah. So then, when they figure that out, they send out a white raven to everybody, and they say, "Yep, winter's coming. No more harvests. Buckle up." Yep. Nice. Love With it. that library scene, the one part of it, I I got a good laugh at when uh, Sam was invited oh, back uh, into the library, and then it's just like, "All right, no women, no children." And just the way that Sam looks at Gilly, it's like. But it's a cool library. I gotta go see yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, my first thought when he went back there and was like, and he never saw her again. <laughs> I know, right? I just love the uh, bureaucrat who won't even like put his hand forward to grab the envelope. Oh my god. Yeah. That guy like, what an asshole. I love that guy. <laughs> and Sam waved his arms in at least three different ways to apologize yeah. to Gilly that he was leaving her there. Oh, Sam, he's so delightfully exasperated. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, Rob, that you were laughing at the fact that Gilly was holding what seemed to be the world's largest baby. Oh, <laughs> oh my well, God, that kid is huge. <laughs> That's that ridiculous. Like, I, I realize that, like, the plot lines don't work. Like, like stuff's not all happening at the same time in this show, but, like, I'm not sure. They could have swapped that baby out, and we never would have noticed. There's no reason for Gilly to be hooked. She's basically holding a child. Maybe all like, the smaller babies were dicks and kept yelling all the time. So like, all right, get out the toddler. You, be a baby. Yeah, yeah. You can see where in the story that that kid would be a year old. You really don't see him being like three or four years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have to, like, it's like the broad who plays Gilly is also like a tiny thing too, right? So Well, yeah, so you got this, this sort of like season three vibe of Hodor carrying adult Bran around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was uh I was watching this scene again and she kept shifting over and over again because the baby was so heavy. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But it made me think <laughs> my you find a smaller kid. <laughs> <laughs> my um my brother is like a really tall guy, so his kid, my my niece, is huge. And uh and he's always like, Oh, I hurt my shoulder so I can't carry her. Um and then my like her his wife is carrying her instead. She's giant. My niece is a giant. So 
I I buy it. Somehow, <laughs> Sam Sam's uh, got an adopted giant kid. Yeah, I wonder if they recast it as like a, a bigger kid so that it could be more believably Sam's kid when they did like the uh, Horn Hill scenes. <laughs> My big fat son. So is is that kid going to be the new Hodor then? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think. Well, Hodor's got to come back as a White Walker. When we time skip thirty years. <laughs> so. Dorn came back in this episode, and what a fantastic way to give Dorn a shot in the arm that it needed. Yeah, they needed a third minute of the of the water oh, gardens man. this like, season. What a great way, honestly, Dorn. What a great way to give it the old shot in the arm was to put Lady Elena there. Like honestly, like that entire scene, I was bugging out because Lady Elena was sitting there with the with the sand snakes, and I was like, oh, 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 what a great way to make this this entertaining. And then fucking Varys, Varys. <laughs> Motherfucking Barrett! <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, oh, again! Yeah, the, oh. The, the, how you how you make some of the I worst thought... characters in the history of the show good is you yeah. combine them with the best characters. Yeah. What's your and, name, and one of them, Barbara? And one of them who's not afraid of just telling them to shut up and just stop oh. talking. He's like, yeah, no, you're done now. You oh, have no man. more lines. That's and it. I wish I had. Uh... So good. That said, I wish I had Varys' teleportation powers because he's fucking everywhere in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Because he was on the boat. Oh, wait, how, the, how did he get there? Well, yeah, I thought the I, same I, thing because, and then based on what we were talking about before, where things don't always line up, like the the timing of everything. Yeah, but that's all the True, I agree. However, there is uh, someone's comment, um, and I can't confirm it because I don't know all the house symbols and all that, but apparently there were Tyrell ships at the end. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, they're, they're Tyrell ships. In, so in that the means they met up. Yeah. Yeah, but here's my theory, though. But, yeah. Because you're right, Millet, but but here's my theory. Because he wasn't Dorn, and then all of a sudden, but, and they've also said that nothing, like it doesn't, line, like the timeline, the plot lines don't run. Yeah, but not exactly concurrent. At the same time, right? But, like, here's my theory on this. I'm sure at some point somebody said, you know, okay, it doesn't make sense for Varys to be here. It'll confuse the audience, and and, and so we just won't have Varys. And I'm pretty sure that the actor, I like my theory is that at some point, Conleth Hill, who plays Lord Varys, at some point said, "Fuck you guys! I am being in that hero shot when they're on the boat. Like, because that is going to be a cool ass shot. I've been here since day one on this show. I'm been like." I'm the cleric of their party. Give me my yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm one of the badass guys on this show. I'm getting in that fucking hero shot on the boat. Like, so screw you guys. I don't care. Like that. That's my theory. I my dudes. Yeah, is that the the actor wanted to, to be in that shot when Daenerys was finally sailing off the Westeros? Because it was a big moment. Right? I, I like the idea that uh, it's it's uh, much much simpler than that, and uh, much like you were saying, uh, Mike, where you just always put a, an interesting character with some of the boring ones. Just like, hey, what if we embarrass in like all of these scenes, <laughs> just every one of them. You know what, though? Like, also in the books, Varys is behind everything. Varys is planning everything. He's got his fingers in every pie. He knows all the secrets. You know what? He should be in those scenes. He's the one who's tying everything together. No, I'm not he, saying I don't like it. I was just like, when I saw him on the boat behind Daenerys, I'm like, hey, what? what? <laughs> it gives me pause. It, it, it makes more sense. You know, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Because, okay, they've got the Tyrell ship, so obviously this is like a number of weeks or months later, blah, 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 whatever. But when you first watch it, it's just, he's in Dorne, and then like 10 minutes later, yeah. he's on a boat 
yeah. going and and, and you can make sense of it, but my gut reaction was, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's something that you need to think about for it to make sense. But at first, you're like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, the first reaction is, what the fuck? But I'm cool with it. <laughs> the reason why it made sense to me is, um, at least partially, because I felt like Elena moved pretty much as quickly. Like, you know, Elena left King's Landing. She must have gone to Highgarden, and then she's in Dorne, you know? And yeah. then the Dorne and then is shipped her there at the else. end. But then you didn't see her on the boat. Yeah, and I mean, the last <laughs> time we saw her was like three episodes ago, too, right? Yeah, but I so. still feel she's moved very quickly. Oh, and, you and know? she absolutely has, you're right. And and she's an old lady who doesn't know what all is going on, unlike Varys, who's got his fingers in every pie, right? So, well, I think she has her fingers in some pies. <laughs> oh, I believe she has her fingers in more pies than most people. Um, but uh, we're talking about pies here. I'm so I, don't, I don't think we're talking about pies anymore, or at least different types of pie. Yeah. We're not going all you know '90s movies, but yeah. Jamie um, Lannister, he wants to go fingers in her pie. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like I I feel like it all works out time wise for me. So. I'm okay with it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's just a little like, huh? <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't lose the Queen of Thorns in mm. Wildfire yeah. because, yeah, well, yeah, oh my god. And this is one of those things, right, where we're down to like the last two people, or, or like at most, we're down to like the last three people of all these major houses because we've got what one and a half Starks, two and a half Starks. We've got one Tyrell. We've got three Lannisters. We've got one Targaryen. <laughs> Like we're we're getting to the final uh, one and a half Targaryens. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess one one and a half confirmed Targaryens. If I'm saying two and a half Starks, I'm saying one and a half Targaryens. That's a good point. Yeah, because yep. <laughs> that's confirmed now. That's fun. Yep. Yep. Well, it sort of was confirmed because they went with the inaudible whisper of the fucking coward. Oh, whatever. And Jump cut from smash from cut from baby to Jon Snow's face. I mean, what more yeah. do you need to know? Could be a red herring. I'm just saying. No. What? I just, said no. Cowards. Out. Could be a red herring, like um, just, just say it. Like yeah, no, I, I, I actually completely agree, Pierce. Like as it was happening, I was like, "Come on, just do it, just do, it. don't, don't dick yeah. us around, just, just fucking Coward. do it." And I guess right. they're saving for when Bran gets across the wall, and then he can yeah. tell John that he's actually Targaryen. Uh, no, it happened. For okay, five seconds and leave again. Fucking Benjamin, the plot device there. Good lord, that was. That you can't cross like, the what? magic wall. It's made of lava. <sighs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, he can't pass the wall, but does he have to leave them like forty miles away at that tree? He didn't even give him a horse. Oh, and I'm taking my horse back. I guess, I, guess, I guess we just freeze to death. Cool, cool. All right. Mira, Mira gets off the horse. You see how regretful she looks at the horse. She's like, "Oh, come on. Can I just? Oh, I really like this horse." <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know yeah. I weigh, like, 105 pounds, right? Like, I'm not Odor. I can't carry this kid around. It would be faster if we both crawled. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bran, start to, time to start working on that upper body strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you bring up, like, we need to have that, that moment when, uh, when Bran gets back to uh, Winterfell, because we assume that that's where he's going now. Um but, you know, it, we got the impression that they declared for him as King of the North once again because they're like, oh, Ned Stark's blood runs in his veins, which, A, we're going to be revealed is not true, and also, B, we're going to have a true-born son of Ned Stark there suddenly. Not quite as battle-hardened as Jon Snow, just going to say. Not quite. But, I mean, you've got Lady Mormont in charge, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Who, I have to say, I adore 
Oh, I love yeah. everything about her. Every time oh. she opens her mouth, it's amazing. Can I say what my favorite part of that scene was? We finally got Wyman Manderley in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, awesome. They cast this guy, and he's kind of a fat, like, giant dude. I love it. Just like and in the book, I know he looks perfect. And then he got bitched by a 12-year-old girl. Oh, so great. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Mormon speaks hardly, but fairly. But truthfully. <laughs> yeah. Lady Mormont, we're going to dole out some awards later on in the episode, and, and don't think Lady Mormont's not coming up during the during the <laughs> season six award ceremony. Uh, you know who's not receiving an award is Dario Naharis. I mean, man, dude, show some dignity. Good I, lord, I'd be like, happy just, to be your mistress. Uh, like just like on his knees begging. Oh, I mean, come on, dude. Decidedly, decidedly unpimp by uh, by Dario Naharis, who up until that moment. Had a pretty significant string of, of pimpish moments. But, man, <laughs> just let it go. Oh, he's a bad boy who pretends like he never cares, and then uh, yeah. she called his bluff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, well, good thing for him nobody else saw that other than me, the audience. Like, <laughs> well, no one else uh, happened to be in the room. Yeah, this is a uh, season uh, finale where a lot of characters kind of acting coldly. Like, we get that moment where Cersei doesn't seem to care too much that her son is dead. We get the moment where, you know, Daenerys just is like, hey, I love you, but goodbye forever. <laughs> Well, like, if you think about it, a little like, bit of that. right now, we're actually kind of in a new era where the beginning of the show was the War of the Five Kings, and now we're in the War of the Five Queens, and they're all pretty cold. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually kind of, uh, I was expecting, because of the thing, the way things were going in the episode, that they would declare for Sansa as like a queen of the North. Yeah, like, then, you, then you got your Queen Sansa, your Queen Danny, your Queen Cersei, Elena in the South, and then Yara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because you can tell, like, from all the tension in that scene with Littlefinger, like, God damn it, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brings a, it, it's really putting to the test the all men must die uh, slogan that was thrown around, <laughs> like, seasons ago. Yeah, season three. <laughs> all men must die, but the women will mostly be fine. Yeah, but yeah. we learned this from, we learned it from Danny, yes, but we are yeah. not men. <laughs> we are not men. Yeah. They have dragons. Dumb name. Uh, <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, book readers. What is the uh, relationship that because uh, they're they're both technically Targaryens, or at least one of them's half Targaryen. What is the the, the relationship between John and uh, Daenerys? John, like, are they John is Danny's nephew? Nephew. Okay, yeah. so. Like, well, you know what? I'm asking a question to see if it's awkward for these two to hook up in a world where it doesn't matter. <laughs> in, like, where where so brothers and sisters that. hooking up is yeah. I'm just wondering if they're they're, they're already, good. Yeah, and if you're yeah. a Targaryen who you know kind of proliferated their their reign on the throne through centuries of inbreeding mm -hmm. that kind of resulted in the Mad King. I mean, I'm just <laughs> there's definitely there a precedent any, for it. Yeah, are there any Danny John shippers out oh, there? I'm sure like, there are. Oh, technically, yeah. it's ice and fire, man. Ice and fire. Technically, <laughs> it's ideal according to Targaryen lore for Danny mm. and John to get together. She's back on the market now. So the thing is that, like, it would be perfect for them because the idea is to try to keep the the dragon lore and the the mystical abilities in their line, right? So he um he has shown signs of being a uh, what is it? What's the word when you can, like, take control of animals? Warg. Skin shifter? Warging. Warging. Skin shifter, I think, is magic. <laughs> right, sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, but so he's shown mystical and magical abilities, and obviously she has plenty. So, like, actually, according to Targaryen family, they're ideal. They're an ideal match. Wait, could Bran warg into one of those dragons? Yes. That is that, a really oh, cool so, idea. Or, oh, game changer. Game changer. <laughs> Absolute game changer. Love it. Uh, dragon has three heads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You got a mm-hmm. dragon has three heads. You got Danny, maybe John, maybe someone else. Maybe Brand teleports in and works in, or someone. That's a neat idea. That's a really neat idea. Oh, I like it. Um, let's talk a little John Snow because Snow uh, he made he made a push for MVP in this episode. Um, the scene with him and Melisandre and Davos just. Mm. Heart wrenching. Oh, I, I, I would call that Davos as M, uh, MVP. Moment. That, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. That, well, that yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, we'll hash out the MVP later. But th- that was his best scene of, the, of I think of. I mean, he's had some fantastic scenes, and that one might be his his highlight real piece for for uh, Sir Davos the Onion Knight. Definitely. Yeah. Happened. Someone else had called him as one of the MVPs of this season, and uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe that was me, but I don't know if I can make a strong enough case for... Honestly, I admired all three of them very much in that scene. You know, like, I even admired Melisandre. She said, I didn't lie, I was wrong. You know, yeah. like, she really, she claimed her guilt, actually. And she didn't She didn't say she didn't deserve to die. She said, should I die? I'd be ready to die. But yeah, The characters did a good job. The actors were all phenomenal in that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that was a very Such good scene. Yeah, they all brought the heat. I mean, it was it, like every character stuck to their guns, basically, mm-hmm. in that, and like like they didn't shift characters. Like there was, I was I was kind of afraid that they were going to do some sort of scene where John goes, you know, like oh, we need her going forward or something like that. Which yeah. and then Davos just kind of accepting it, which would just be like I yeah. a out of John's character and b completely out of Davos's character, yeah. and that they found a way to pull it off for all three of those characters, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was well. kind of expecting kind of a, a delay, at least, where it was like, you know, he, he clearly couldn't make a decision right away, so I'm like, is he just going to, like, put her in prison, and then we'll see her in a prison cell for the next season or something like that? But, uh, yeah. Banishment I, liked, I is really liked it. I liked the way they actually did it a lot. Banishment is interesting, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because of another scene that we haven't talked about yet, including Arya Stark, uh, and uh, Melisandre <laughs> saying in season three, we will meet again to her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. With her and heading south, presumably towards Arya. Well, like, who, by yeah, the way, in, in that general direction, yeah. Pierce, do you have any uh, epic intro for this? No, I, I was. I had no epic intro, but I mean, my God, like, just. Like, the red herring of having that actress who uh, was the, the, the face swapper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like being that, like serving and like looking at Jamie Lannister, and which we now know was a, a look of I'm gonna stab you in the goddamn throat. <laughs> oh my god, throat. he's right here! I could kill him right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, which we now know was that look as opposed to the one brought. Like it was it was brilliant writing because it was like the, the like planning that red herring and then having her come in and and next stab. Because uh, I mean I've hated that that guy. Like that guy's a tremendous actor. Because I don't I'm not even a big Harry Potter fan, but the one thing I know about Harry Potter Steve is I hate the janitor. <laughs> yeah, I hate the janitor, and now I I finally got to live vicariously through that the like Walter Frey getting throat slashed and having to eat. I fucking was clapping like a seal through the whole thing. Yeah. I was so was excited. Great. I was like, oh my god, he's Mario! <laughs> 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 She we needed a couple. Eric Cartman, him. 
Well, yeah, that's yeah. why it was great, because she chose not to kill Jamie so that she could take out several frays. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Let me taste your tears. Oh, your tears taste so good, Walden Frey. Oh. And as Mike pointed out, she made a, a an actual, um, like, mythic story from earlier in the, in the you know, come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Rat King. Yeah. It sounds from what, like the second season, I think? No, it, it's from season three because they tell it right after the Red Wedding to explain why killing your guests is such a cursed thing. Yeah. And, and then, bring it full circle by having Arya do the same thing to take his report. So good. It's so good. It was really good, yeah. Re- refresh my memory on the, on the Rat King thing because I'm, I'm vaguely... Yeah. Miller, you want to tell the Rat King story? Uh, all yeah. I'll say from what I remember, basically, is it was like this children's story that they told to, uh, like, the Star kids, uh, old man, <laughs> back at Winterfell. That was basically, like, there was a uh, king, and uh, I forget what the slight was, but he basically had a grievance with some people, and he invited them into his house, and he had them killed while they were guests in his house. Um and then someone basically came to take revenge on him by killing his family and baking them into a pie that he, you know, was it was so delicious and he ate all of it and you know and then realized like oh shit those were my kids and uh, the the moral of the story being that you know it's one thing to be a killer but if you kill people while they're guests in your home you are cursed among men and gods for the rest of your days. If you if kill you someone in your home, Arya Stark is going to come find you. Well, yeah, and, and they, they tell this like eaten bread and salt with you. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is what that thing was when Rob Stark went there and, and before the Red Wedding, right? They were eating like the bread and salt. Yeah, or whatever. they made a show of it because Rob had basically broken a treaty with Walder Frey and was mm-hmm. like, once we get there, he's going to be furious. He's going to try to kill us. But if we show up and eat there and like share mm-hmm. their bread and share their salt and make like a big production out of it, then we'll be guests. And under guest law, they can't kill us. And then he fucking did it anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in the very next episode after the Red Wedding, they kind of had Bran tell this story to Mira and Jojen, and uh, it kind of just hammered home the point that, you know, the thing that Walter Frey did was basically unheard of. Like it's Completely it's, heinous, yeah. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's a well, war it's really ridiculous is After that story, you're like, like, I remember thinking that, I was like, man, that's harsh. Well, obviously that won't act, that exact thing won't happen to him, but clearly the fr- he, he's got <laughs> he's got coming. he's got something coming. I, I didn't think that like, someone would actually go straight Eric Cartman on him and just serve him a pie. I'm like, what is this now? Hold on, yeah. that's a that's a conscious choice. Yeah, <laughs> meat pie. Like, I'm like, I'm like oh, I like it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a clever callback to that story, and then it turns out like, oh no, it's exactly that story. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, Pi, that's so clever. <laughs> I, I saw this coming by, like, eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah Rob Cawflesh. Better Sansa scene. Her and John on the rooftop or her and Littlefinger under the tree? I'm going to go with her and John, but I'm glad mm-hmm. the one with Littlefinger didn't end up with them getting together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were some seeds, though, because like she shot it, like he yeah. was shooting her the old, the old hungry eyes look after yeah. the, uh, after the they declared him the king of the north and everything. Oh god, yeah. she did not look happy though. Like, did you notice she was smiling she through did. the whole king yeah. of the north thing, and then her smile disappeared when she saw mm-hmm. Littlefinger sitting and not shouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because oh. he's obviously he's going to do something because everything that happened there is not going to put him on that iron throne. Well, yeah, that's I mean, not was... part of his dream. 
Yeah, yeah. there was the scene earlier where he said, like, you know, I, you know, I'm declaring it for House Stark, and he basically said something about, like, you know, we'll never serve some bastard from the south. Uh, yeah. So we already know that he, you know, he doesn't intend to serve John, and he basically hammered the point home when he didn't cheer for his name. Yeah. Like, this was not his design, and you know, Sansa was right to audibly say to John, "I don't really trust him." You <laughs> no know, one should trust idiot him. to trust him. <laughs> like, like Littlefinger has left himself open to be able to say, "Well, I'm not in the North. Like, the yeah. Eerie isn't really part of the North. So I, I can't. Why should I be part of declaring a king in the North?" Yeah, he but... could really just kind of call a mulligan on this and be like, "Um, oh, actually, I'm going to go back down south." And um, you kids have fun. I'll see. I'll see. I was happy to help, but you know, Catelyn's dead, and the Eyrie was connected to Catelyn, so. And I really like redheads, so. (laughs) I I wonder if it's going to be more sinister than that now, because like, I mean, I agree. But book readers will remember that there's some like distant family connection between the Starks and the uh, Arryns, and now I wonder if Littlefinger's going to play that card to kind of get Sansa back with him in the Eyrie. Right. Sansa is pretty badass right now, though. Yeah, yeah I, I know. one of my MVPs of this season turns out pretty good. Absolutely, <laughs> mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, John, John, the, like the scene with her and him, John and Sansa on top when it started snowing, and then she said, "Winter is here." I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. so good." And, and, about this. and she said, "Sorry yeah. for not leveling with him earlier," you know, and yeah. they like connected. That was so good. I yeah. love that. Yeah, because I'm I'm glad they at least addressed that because I remember. I, I didn't mention it on the pod last week, but I thought about it later, and I was like, "Wait, why couldn't she have told John that?" Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess maybe she was holding that card in case they lost, and then maybe she'd bring the knife back. I think back it's even from answer. that. I think it's because they had an argument about it later earlier that episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody asked her. You know, she knows Ramsay better than yeah, anybody. Yeah, and then no one asked her for anything in the War Council, and she basically yeah. said, like, you know, our army's not big enough. We can't do this, and then she went <laughs> off and. Like fine, I'll yeah, just do it myself. Then. Well, and also because like like John knew that that uh, Littlefinger had sold her to the Boltons, that he had like put her in a position where she was abused and could have been killed, you know. So for her to call on uh, on Littlefinger, that would have been completely against John because John lacks subtlety. I love John, but John's kind of a moron when it comes to like connecting with people he doesn't completely agree with or not running out into the middle of a battlefield even though yeah. he is the commander. John's right? not real good at the... Uh... Don't fall into his traps. John's not really good at the Yeah. Oh, we finished that trap. Let's go to the next trap now. <laughs> right? So the thing is that, like, she felt bad she wasn't telling him, but at the same time, it was the right choice. Yeah, she did it, it turns so out well it too. was. Because if if she had brought the knights initially, then he would have run them all into the middle of that trap like an idiot, and then all those traps would have, all those knights would have been in the middle. Yeah, and then that'd be the end of that. It would have been even tighter. Yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah. would have suffocated faster. Fuck. <laughs> even more trampling, but not any more winning. <laughs> oh man. So uh, Daenerys pinned Tyrion. That was a lot of fun. That was, I that that was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, uh, we actually saw Kyber with the hand of the king pin on at the end of the episode too. Yes, that too. Yeah, a couple people got pinned this week. It was like a whole. It's like prom night basically. <laughs> so right now, is is Kyber just straight up like the council? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, I was, yes. <laughs> yes. Unless Jamie's still on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, Jamie. Yeah, yeah Kevin's gone. Mace Tyrell's gone. <laughs> 
Pycelle's but, gone. Pycelle's gone, that's yeah. right. It, it was fun, funny, though, like when Dario, during that scene, right before he embarrassed himself horribly in the eyes of everybody, <laughs> uh, he was saying, like, oh, you're going to have us attack Casterly Rock from the side? And I'm like, oh, it's so great to hear you talking about attacking these places, right? Like, it's just just hearing them say stuff like, as a, like, because they were back in that stupid room, right? And they're, they're well, <laughs> yeah. a different one of those rooms. I'm just so happy to leave Marine. Yeah, oh, agreed. I, if we can never go back. Like, On the plus side, we did see your hated room, but we saw it from a different angle. Yep. Well, yeah, <laughs> or at least I think it was a different room because it, was, it wasn't there like, because they, they had several rooms in Marine. There was the one, you know, room where the, there's the the pair, there's the thing that goes, like, the, the stairs leading up to Daenerys' chair where they sat there and, and took, like, listened to the oh, suggestion yeah. box. I guess there wasn't the chair up. Oh, yeah, and Masandi. Yeah, Masandi was there going, you know, like, reading her titles. And, boy, that never fucking got old. And, uh... Then there was like Daenerys's room where her like her bedroom right with her and Denario, and then there was just the room where plots went to die, which yeah. finally got a rock thrown through it in the last episode, yeah. which was fantastic, right? Like that was great. Oh, that horrible scene where she was like, "No, I will not." <laughs> God, that I'm so. We never have to go back to that room again. I'm so happy. Never again. Oh, they're on boats. They're heading in the opposite direction. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, I'm on a boat. Now, now yep. hopefully they're heading towards you know. They pick the right direction. Yeah, so they're probably what's west of Westeros um, to Dorne or um, or to where to Highgarden. Yeah, well, it could be Dorne, it could be the Reach, it could be the Iron Islands. Yeah, that's true. All, yeah, they could. They're learn. all kind of along that coast, and it could be any one of them. Which one's the furthest north? Uh, like the Iron, Iron Islands. I thought so too. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's pretty uh, a decent chance that they're going to the Iron Islands and then they're going to hit there first. They're going to fight. Yeah, and get uh, a seat. Uh, the douche canoe. You're on. And set him on fire. <laughs> you're on one eye. Yeah. He's going to be you're on no eyes. It was appropriate because he's a guy who's constantly on or around boats. It's also horrible <laughs> to women. <laughs> yeah. Victarian yeah. was even worse in the books. I guess Victarian doesn't exist. Yeah, I, guess I, I kept hoping, Liz. I kept hoping. I, I hope that it was uh, that's who uh, Ian McShane was going to be playing in this season. Mm. <laughs> How good would that have been? It would have been interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because that's another one of these people that these red priests keep thinking is maybe the uh, you know the reincarnation of the Lord of Light. Right. Well, it turns out when these red priests meet a guy and he's just a little cool, they're like, "Oh, you're the one who was promised." Well, it turns out when they have a very broad prophecy that's like you know you know this good person born amidst uh, salt and smoke, like that's a pretty broad thing that applies to a lot of people. This guy lives on the seashore. And he's kind of cool. Salt, right? And smoke. Let's just light a fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty hot that day when he was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to say, you know, all the stuff about Dario Naharis embarrassing himself. I loved so Tyrion says, uh, how did he take it? And she says, well, no tears. Yeah. Oh, you live in your pimp status. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, he did basically everything except to cry like a baby. So, <laughs> yeah. This would have been better if he was just like, ah, 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 I don't want you to go. <laughs> Pick up your face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm. man. So is that it? Do we cover all the scenes? I, I think uh, I think we got everything. So, uh, did we talk about Bran? 
We did. Yeah, we sort of did. We, okay, actually, we okay, touched I on... have one thing to say then about Bren. Yep. Throw it out there, Rob. I thought we were actually going to get a good, decent scene, like, lengthy scene with him. We had, yeah. what, five minutes? I actually had to take a look to see how much time was left of the episode, because it seemingly had gone on for a long time. I'm like, oh, there's 20 minutes left. Well, they must be saving the last 15 or so of it for, for Bran. And then it went to it, and then it went away <laughs> real quick. Yeah. It, was, it was a great scene, but this whole season, at least to me, was like, Bran's coming back. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. He wasn't in it all that much. Well, I mean, no individual person is in it all that much. I mean, we probably got more of Daenerys than we needed to this season, but she's kind of a fan favorite. I don't no, know. it's true, but as someone who was absent for an entire season, I thought... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. But the thing with Bran is that there can never be that much of him, because Bran isn't even a real character at this point. He's he's straight up a Greek chorus. Like, yeah. he is... He's, the, he's, he's, he's if, if anything, he's the narrator. Yeah. Uh, like, he sits there... Happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's just he's the he's the Greek chorus. They sit there. He he talks about the the story, but doesn't really participate. Um, he ex, he exposes things about characters, but doesn't actually do anything himself. And he allows for flashbacks. And you can't have that much of that because that's not actually a character. No, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, I I look forward to him hopefully becoming more involved in the story again. Um, like if he's you know heading down to Winterfell to tell John. If he gets south of the wall, then then yeah, yeah once he's he among more than two people ever, that'll be a. <laughs> Yeah, a nice change well, maybe, because he's been kind of on the run from Winterfell for what, like the last four seasons Oh, now? God, forever, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you can say as much as you want about Daenerys in that room, but at least Tyrion's there now. <laughs> like, he, she's been basically sitting there for less time than he's been just roaming the wilderness with a, a girl and Hodor who says Hodor. Yeah. Like, maybe, it's not terribly interesting what they've been up to. <laughs> maybe part of it was for me that I had called Mira to die and if they weren't having their scene, she couldn't die. <laughs> and she didn't. Wrong, wrong but she so did many people did. You called Mira to die and, like, Bran is just going to have to crawl back? I called that pre-season, though. I remember that. That's true. Um, Before we knew Hodor was on the way out. And it was just like, oh, I made a horrible mistake. Yeah, but yeah. I call a number of the deaths since then. Because but that was that was Bran's episode, though, the whole Fedora episode. Yeah. No, yeah. that's oh, true. God. Like that, those were his hero moments where we found out like the origins of the White Walkers, and we saw the army, and they got the big attack, and Hod- and you know we had the big Hodor reveal and everything. Like that was that was probably half of that episode was Bran. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But as a gambler, I still I, I wanted to win. <laughs> well, I, I can't argue with that, sir. Yeah, even if it's not being shown. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, I think that covers the fantastic last episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, only 20 hours left. Can you believe it? we got to wait all the way till April for more. Do we have it confirmed that there's two more seasons? Yeah, I think it's two. I think we only got 20 hours left. Because Daenerys is actually over there, right? So they got to start wrapping this well, up. Yeah, like now, I said, like all these major houses only have a few members left each. So, I mean, yeah. there's not a whole lot of room for major finally, characters to die still. Now you can finally actually see an ending. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's They've really uh, trimmed it down a lot. This ending, this 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 show ends exactly the same way. One of my favorite comic books of all time, 100 Bullets, ends where the best way to wrap a bow on it is to just have everybody die at the end in in a in a in, a, in an awesome in a glorious bloodbath that culminates with an explosion that kills the people you thought were going to live at the end. Spoiler alert: If you haven't read 100, Bullets, I never finished it, so goddamn it. It's ten years old at this point. <laughs> I, oh, so. I know. I know. 
And quite frankly, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast who hasn't yeah. read 100 Bullets. Uh, just one thing before next season, if I can get a yep. hell yeah from my fellows here on this podcast, can we please get the sixth book out before the next season? Please. Oh, God. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Uh, so, <laughs> the fun. crossover podcast, Game of Thrones Season 6 Awards. Yes. Uh, some of them we were going to debate. I will allow you guys to go off topic, or, or not off topic, but uh, off board uh, for nominees before we decide on, on one. Ex- for all but one, uh, Rookie of the Year goes to Lady Mormont. Yes! Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there, that, that will not be debated. She is the official crossover podcast season six of Game of Thrones Rookie of the year, and quite frankly, it's not even fucking close. No. Even. Like, no one is, was even... Like, the distant second to Randall Tarley, maybe? <laughs> yeah, like, just no one was even in there. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a one-woman show the entire way. Um, comeback Player of the Year. I'm, I'm going to let Rob Callflesh start this off. The nominees, Comeback Player of the Year. Jon Snow, because he literally came back. Boo. Uh, <laughs> you asshole. What? He came back to the day. <laughs> Bran, because he came back to the show. Uh, Theon Greyjoy. Hmm. And Sandor Clegane the Hound. Comeback player of the year. Feel free to go off board. Though, but oh. those are the from me. Feel free to go completely off the board. Well, other than Jon Snow, I, I do like it. Um... You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Sandor Clegane, but Theon is a close second to that one. Bran would have it if I got to see more flashbacks. Mira because, dying. Yeah, actually, if I just saw Mira <laughs> die, then I'd give it to Bran. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna give it to Sandor Clegane because he is going on a war path now, and that's going to be fun. But at least, and, but Theon does. Uh, you know, seems to be having a spine again. So that'll be nice to see, but we didn't get to see much of that yet. We just got Yara telling him to drink. (laughs) Does anybody have any other nominees or would they like to offer a rebuttal for... Are you sure that Cersei shouldn't be on that list? Has a comeback? As a comeback, she's been I don't in know. Every she, single episode of the yeah, show. Yeah, don't call it a comeback. No, like she's wait, been here for years. Well, okay, I've never been part of one of these before. Yeah. Um, I just want to say she's massively back in power. She was cowed hugely. She was, you know, um, walked naked through the streets. She's been basically imprisoned in the Red Keep, and now she's the queen. I actually was going to suggest uh, Cersei as well. This is why we have these discussions. If we are going in the sense of like the like Liz just said, come back to power and all that, like their character coming back to you know what they were before from being torn down, then yeah, I'm absolutely voting for Cersei on that one. Yes, I don't, but, I don't think she's my primary choice, but it's definitely an honorable mention. I just wanted to. I just felt like she needed to be mentioned. I'm not even saying I'm voting. I'm just saying. Since season I'm three, putting her on the board. Because since yeah, season I, three, she's been kind it. of a bit player. Like, she was in Tywin's shadow for a long time. He died. Then suddenly she was in mourning for the entire season and just kind of hanging in the background drinking and making snide comments. And, uh, <laughs> and like you said, like, she's been through a lot of bad stuff and kind of diminished as a result. And it was nice to see her 
kind of break free of any sort of thing that was holding her back at the end of this episode. This was a very good episode for her. I don't know if I can give her the whole season because of this episode, but it's it's definitely a good mention. She spiked nope. real hard at the end. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, she spiked. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She was doing her end zone yeah. dance all over. But you know what? You talked me into it. Seriously, Lancer, and I'm thinking about it now. In the last episode of season five, she was walking naked, having shit thrown at her. And at the last episode of season six, she's on the Iron Throne. Cersei Lannister yeah. <laughs> is the official comeback player of the year for the crossover podcast. Come a long way, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll give it up Mike, to Jon Snow as well uh, yeah. for literally coming back and generally kind of not giving a shit about all the things he did in the previous seasons. Uh, I like when characters kind of take the thing that they've been doing for like the last three seasons and go, kind of go off the reservation uh, and uh, kind of rocking that man bun. I love him. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, coming back from the dead, you end up losing a lot of fucks to give. <laughs> yeah, if I can if I can make a terrible pun, he's got a new lease on life. No. <laughs> <laughs> new lease on his second And life. I'll just kick myself Ooh, yeah. off the podcast right now. <laughs> uh, Miller signing off. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to give you the next one. Most improved. Most improved. Now, I will say that here's the difference because comeback player of the year is is someone who we kind of forgot about, or maybe they died again in Jon Snow's case. Most improved. Okay, is someone I, who, sir, I got to interrupt you. Based on that logic of comeback, then it can't be Cersei. Nobody ever forgot about Cersei. True, but the difference between most improved and comeback, I'm going to say, is, okay. Most improved, somebody, because, like, most improved is NBA's hilarious, is, is, is one of those kind of backhanded compliment awards. Cause wow, you the only way you get, <laughs> Yeah, the only way you can get most improved in the NBA is you either you were injured the year before and you didn't get to play, so you came back the next year and you were gangbusters, or you were basically complete ass the year before, and then in the next year they give you the most improved. So it had to be someone who sucked at some point, just flat out sucked. And then kind of came back. I have only one nominee, but feel free to go off the board. Most improved, Theon Greyjoy in season six. I gave that to you, Kim. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. that's I, that's the name that I was thinking of. <laughs> I, I I actually wasn't. I was going to say Davos Seaworth. <laughs> when did Davos ever suck? Oh, he didn't <laughs> suck. He was complicit in a lot of bad shit last year and has never really been a standout character. Uh, he shined in a lot of ways this season. I don't think that he sucked. I just think he came a long way, baby. One. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with Davos on this one because he's really been kind of kind of passive a lot. Like, he's been a really kind of entertaining character to watch, but he hasn't really done a lot. And he hasn't uh, been very active. Like, I mean, he got kind of blown up in Blackwater Bay, and then he just was going along with Stannis and all of his horrible decisions, and then was just kind of floating around here, floating around there. And then in this season, he just really, really stood out. He is finally on a winning team, hopefully. And okay. he really called... He, I mean, he tried to get Melisandre executed, which is pretty active for him. He was going to defend Jon Snow's corpse. Like, I don't know. He, I think he did really well. I'd say yeah, he was... I was, I was going to add that in, Mike, and uh, I forgot to mention it as well, but uh, it's it's easy to forget because it was uh, several weeks ago already, but he was really great in the first couple episodes of the season when uh, Jon Snow was just on that slab. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I can see that. I was going to say that I thought uh, I agreed with Matt uh, but now I'm seeing more and more of the Davos. Yeah. 
Ah. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you guys, it's my podcast. Because <laughs> there is no way I am saying on my oh, pod that that's the scene. Thank you so much, Philippe Fox, for all of yep. us in now two can, two categories in a row, just completely <laughs> right in balloting Matt on, off of his <laughs> suggestion. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. I don't care. You're, you're all wrong on that one. No, seriously, it was a good one, though. I, 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 I should have had that one. Um, Liz Lee Park. Yes. Least, least valuable player of this season. I have two nominees. Mm-hmm. Again, feel free to go completely off the board. I have Tommen, <laughs> Tommen Baratheon as my least valuable player, and late edition, Dario Naharis for his uh, <laughs> unbelievably terrible performance in that last episode. For least valuable player, feel free to go off the board. I think that Tommen actually worked at shit. You know, he tried really hard to do things, and he did some things, however wrong potentially they were. Um, but he ultimately, he claimed responsibility for the shit that happened by killing himself. So I cannot agree with Tommen. Um, he was some poor kid, you know. He did what he could. Uh, yeah, Dario Naharis, God, all he wants is to have sex, which I can't really find fault with, but at the same time, does that make him any kind of valuable player? I don't know. I'm I'm with you with Dario Naharis. <laughs> Other than punching that one guy in the... Uh in the camp when and helping uh Danny burn all those people alive did he do anything yeah that's what I think like pretty pretty much nothing right I mean yeah. you could argue that he was leading the Dothraki during that uh scene at the end uh, uh, he was just but I mean like he was he just, was just at the front he was just there <laughs> the Dothraki know what they're doing they can yeah, do they don't, they don't need this guy to lead them <laughs> I, I actually have a, another person I'd like to nominate Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Loris Martell. Loris. Loris Martell was in jail, Mm -hmm. got out, confessed to his crimes, was mutilated, (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. was vaporized. I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) I have a right in his wealth. (laughs) And it pains me to say it, but Duran Martell... Oh, yeah. oh, we were expecting oh, such big man. things. Oh, <laughs> such God, big things. Right. And it pains me to say it, but God oh, damn it, Duran oh, Martell. God. You were the Duran I knew. You should have seen that shit coming. Kevin, you know <laughs> that Matt's just going to play that this is his pun. That's never. No, I, he's, I, no, I he's, he's right. He's right. No, it is Duran No. Normally, I would say, you know what? Anyone who's on screen. Anyone who's on screen for less than a minute doesn't count. But okay, at the, that's the a good pre-pod, <laughs> and the pre-pod, he was one of the, our, like, MVP. He was my like, MVP. I think Doran's going to do great. Like, I'm predicting him to be the MVP. And he <laughs> died immediately. Died the first 15 minutes of the season. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah. Shut it all down. God. Oh, that's so, so I, I, that, that might not count. Uh, and if that's the case, that's then I'll like, that definitely counts. I, Anything is on the board when you're talking least valuable player. I'm changing my vote. On, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Doran Martell. Doran Martell, unfortunately. I did three for three. <laughs> much better in the book. Uh, Mike Leapock. Sixth man of the year. Now, this is the guy who doesn't get to lead any scenes, but they're always awesome. Uh, the nominees, again, feel free to go completely off the board. I got Varys, I got Brienne of Tarth, and I got Littlefinger. What do you think? I'm going to go for a write-in. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this is why we have these conversations. Yeah. I don't know, I'm going to say Sandor Clegane. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that! He's, 
he let his own pot. I'm sorry. He's he's all right. Fine, fine, fine. Not Sandor. Can't give him. Can't give him six man of the year. I'll, I'll, I'll put it. Bron. Yeah. Bron. Yeah. You can. You can add Bron. I'm not sure. I was gonna say if, Sandor's like game feels like a right into the season. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. Like, not for six man. Gregor could be six man, but uh, as long as this is my podcast, if I can pull ranking one more time, as long as I can pull. <laughs> As long as this is my podcast, Greg Orclegane isn't winning any fucking awards. Apart from getting a stick up your ass. Right in Braun, just because he's yeah, no, yeah. no, Braun, Braun, I think is is a good entry for that. He's never focused. He doesn't really do much. He just yeah. kind of shows up and makes scenes fun. Everyone's, well, I mean, he didn't kill anyone this season, but I I agree with you that I should have him on this list, and that's an oversight by me. But my personal, I'm I'm going to go with Varus on this one, unless somebody talks me off of that. Uh, I have a rated as well, and I don't even know this character's name. Go right ahead. Uh, the woman who played Circe in the plays. <laughs> oh. Oh, Lady Crane. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. uh, no. she was good. I liked her a lot, uh, except for when she was like, oh, I always stabbed men and then fixed their wounds. Like, that was weird, but. No, she would have been. She, she's not six man. She could have been rookie of the year. But that's fair. Lady, uh, Lady Mormont was so far. Yeah, no, but, no kidding. Um, like, like Lady Mormont was was LeBron James in in the in the rookie year. We knew the second the ball was tipped, <laughs> who was winning that award. Okay, uh, like then I would probably go with Brienne. Uh, Brienne's up there. Although you can make a case for Blackfish too. Although I kind of don't like the way he ended things. <laughs> True. Yeah. I can Off-screen. never vote for. Blackfish, considering the ending, it's yeah, it's, exactly. Like that, that marred him. He had like, but he made one a damn two really, himself. really good scenes, and then just kind of <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I'm giving six man of the year to Varys just because he got the, it just his like wrestling style entrance in that last episode when he walked through. He made Dorn interesting for God's sake. That's all I have to say. Okay, like yeah, but did he do that? Because these other people do, do that. that? That's true. Yeah, like that scene with Dorn was already great, and then wait, why don't Barry's we have Lady Was just over the top, amazing, man. Why? Why Lady Elena could easily be six man of the year because she was only really good commands. in that last scene, and she completely commands every single scene that she's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not really a yeah. That's true. She's she's definitely a starter. She's not. She's actually not for someone who wasn't really commanding the scenes that she was in. Uh, Marjorie was pretty good this season. Yeah, because she was just kind of playing along in order to kind of keep herself alive for all of it. And then, it and, to, and to have, well, yeah, I, I get that, but I mean, that wasn't her fault. Uh, she, she, she's she's the entirely. one person who had the opportunity to save themselves. She tried to stay alive. She, she yeah. tried so hard. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's my write-in, but uh, that's a, an interesting thought as well. I'm, I'm giving I'm giving six man to Varys. Varys is a good yeah. pick. Yeah. Um. Show of hands, and it's a podcast, so this won't work. Weird, yeah. Who are we going to miss more, Marjorie Tyrell or Ramsey Bolden? Marjorie. Marjorie? Is, is, is it uh, even a question? <laughs> what? Wow. Are we talking about You can't see it, but I'm holding my hand up for Marjorie. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, Marjorie. I mean, we're definitely going to miss Natalie Dormer, but, I mean, come on now. Let, like, let's let's not sit here and pretend like Marjorie Tyrell was a better character than Ramsey Bolton. I like, will absolutely was, pretend that. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I, I agree with Kevin. They was, she was a, a better character. I mean, Ramsey was was uh, a good villain, but he was, like, completely sadistic, but that runs out. Marjorie was interesting. Marjorie was deep. Marjorie was the possibly the best player of the game in the entire show. Like, from the beginning, she, she knew how to play the game with Renly, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, she even was going to be invite her brother in to get, you know, herself pregnant uh, when she, she got herself married off to uh, to Joffrey. And with Joffrey, what did she do? She went and murdered someone with him to keep him happy. Like she was she was really, really smart. She was a fascinating character. And then she got kidnapped and stuck in a hole, managed to get herself out by pretending and still keeping her sanity. And then she was continuing to play the game. She was the only one who knew that they were all going to fucking die. And unfortunately, you know, she died anyway. Because and she how, almost saved Loras, too. That, that's how Game of the Thrones goes. And she's currently leading the show in most husbands. Sans <laughs> <laughs> was a close second. I'm, <laughs> I'm with my Sex. I have to say, she was a very well-rounded character, right? Like, she was flawed, but at the same time, you know, she wasn't, like, evil. You know, like, she wasn't... She wasn't a, an evil character at any point. Um, and, and like, you know, Ramsey was pretty, uh, yeah, he, he was he was pretty one-sided, you know? Like, there was a little bit of, like, oh, you know, he he's fighting for his life because he's a bastard. But, you know. Yeah, I think that's not being an excuse when he murders his entire family. Agreed. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, one family uh, member. For me, the scene this season for uh, Marjorie Tyrell is when she was confessing the fact that she always manipulated people for her own purposes to the High Sparrow while she was manipulating him for her, for own, her purposes. own purposes. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, she's too good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was. She, was one she of my forgot favorite. one thing. Fire the Great Cleanser. Yeah, you guys are right. Um, all right, so we got one last one. The big one. And I'm not sure who's going to win this, but before we get to Season 6 Most Valuable Player, I want you guys to remember that the person we choose here will forever be etched in the following names because these are the official MVPs MVPs for the first five seasons. Only five names are on this list, and you guys are going to help me choose one more to go on the on, on this list. So, like, let's be let's, carved let's into not, stone. <laughs> yes, this will be etched into stone, and and when I die, it will be on my epitaph. Wow! Uh, all of the all of the the, the chosen MVP. I'm going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> I also might be lying. Uh, <laughs> season one, Ned Stark. Sure. Season two, Tyrion Lannister. Yep. Season three, Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Season four, Oberyn Martell. And season five, last year we decided was Stannis Baratheon was the MVP of season you four. Were. Mm-hmm. The nominees. I only have three, but again, we can go completely off the board. Mm-hmm. We'll start with we'll start with uh, Rob, and then we'll move we'll move on from Rob. Sorry. Oh. I thought you meant Rob Stark. I'm like, uh... No, 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 no. No, no we're gonna start with no, Rob. Disagree on that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let each of you make a case. Okay. The three nominees I have, Jon Snow, Sansa Stark, and Arya Stark, feel free to go completely off the board. Rob Callflesh, who is your MVP for season well, six? No, I'm certainly not going off the board there, because two of the ones that I called pre-season are on that list. Um... I think I'm going to give it to Arya Stark, and I think her coming back and killing Walter Frey um, put it over the edge, just to make sure that she got it. With using all her training, surviving uh, the wave, going blind, getting through that, and now just going on a murderous rampage through her list, 
Apparently, I like it when people just go kill people in this show. Well, you're watching the right <laughs> show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, on those three, I John's the third, so I would go Arya, Sansa, John on that list. Um, I would put Cersei in there as well, I think. Just where she ended up at the end of it, but she's not actually getting it for me. <laughs> and that's, that's fair, yeah. So we have one vote for Arya Stark. Elizabeth Lee Pock, I should have let you go first because it's your birthday. That was very rude of me. But make your case for the MVP of season six. Could you, because I haven't done this before, uh, make it very clear what I'm voting for? Just who do you think was the, just who was the best character? Every time he or she was on screen, you were just so happy to see them. And you thought not only the actor, but the character got the best scenes. And it was just a joy to watch them throughout this season. And they just like it, it's been easier in the past. Like season four, Oberyn Mart, like like Pedro Pascal's Oberyn mm-hmm. Martell blew everybody off the screen. Mm-hmm. So, Ray so of that, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, so, like blew everyone off the screen, and and as quickly as he came, he was gone, and God, then, yeah. it was just yeah, just so good. Nice but it was friends. never yeah, it's it just the guy who who character and act, actor or actress wise just tur- just turned in a tour de force. So who do you think? Who was your your most valuable player. Like, if you took them out of the show, the show would have been worse off without them. Okay. Uh, I think I agree with Rob that it's Arya. Uh, if I was thinking about, like, their influence on the general storyline, I would have said Sansa. Because I think that Sansa ultimately made a bigger mark um, in the long-term storyline. I know Cersei made a big fucking mark where she is, but... Um, <laughs> Scores <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, uh, that yes, Arya is the person who has been most a joy to watch and grow, and Sansa would come in right after her because Sansa has grown a lot. It's very hard for me to for sure decide between the two of them. John is, like, great, but, man, he's kind of a dumbass. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, big, sexy dumbass. <laughs> he's too beautiful for this world. All right. All right, so that's the second vote cast for Arya Stark. Mike Leapock, make your case for the Season 6 Game of Thrones Most Valuable Player. Well, this is a tough one because I think I'm going to bring in not just, like, enjoy to watch, but also kind of influence on everything. And I'm actually going to cast my vote towards Cersei because uh, while Arya's storyline was really fun and honestly with the last scene with Walder Frey that almost makes me want to give it to her but I I have to give it to Cersei simply because she came from so far down like she was at like even at the beginning of the season when she had her monster with her she was being completely bitched and she ended up freaking queen she killed every one of her you know her her enemies uh i'm gonna go with rob and say yeah i also like people who kill lots of people so (laughs) yeah cersei killed the more named characters than anyone else in this Uh, show she 
was yeah. part of that phenomenal uh, scene in the uh, the full first act of this last episode. She's done really well. Uh, I mean, the actress has been freaking killing it this whole season. Agreed. Uh, she, I think she's done like the characters come from you know basically being nothing, being completely cast out of all power to being the queen, and uh, yeah, and she put a fucking hole in the capital city. Like a big old hole in the middle of it. Giant cigarette burn in the map. That's, he destroyed I think one that, of the that's twin pillars. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I like like that's why I I was I wanted to define what MVP was before I voted. Because I was thinking Cersei before that. Well there we go. I'm voting for Cersei. Right in ballot. But before we even get to, to Gavin on I think I might change mine because Mike does make a very convincing <laughs> argument, even though I even added in Cersei on mine but didn't circle it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm That's also with so them true. because, like I said, I was thinking Cersei before before I had Matt define for me what I was voting for. All right. Kevin Miller. Cool. Well, I've heard a lot of convincing arguments here. Uh, if we're... I think Cersei was the MVP of the last episode. I don't think that's quite enough for me, although I, I completely agree with all of your points. It's just, this is my preference. Uh, I tend to agree with the general thought that Stark sisters are doing it for themselves. Um, I have to give it to Sansa, actually, and I kind of have a weird reason for that. Um, it, it's kind of a tiebreaker for me, but uh, Sansa, for me, uh, display a lot more positive traits than she has in the past here. She's really come into her own in this series. We saw some uh, sort of working as a diplomat, which is interesting. She kind of has some war strategy down, which I would like to see uh, developed a bit more. Um, I, I'm excited to see what she does in the future, and I don't think she had one scene this season that where she annoyed me, which is kind of par for her course leading up to now. Uh, she just was kind of... Everything she said was kind of awesome in this season. And she was not afraid to call out dudes for not being awesome. Arya's a close second for me. Uh, the one sort of tiebreaker for me is basically the the um, scene where she just kind of got stabbed in the gut and fell into the river. Like it, it's sort of like Duran Martell, what I was saying earlier. Like I feel like she should have been ready for that. Like she was kind of out there undisguised in broad daylight. Like I don't know what she expected. Um, and also, I'm kind of reserving the right to name her MVP next season <laughs> because I feel like her awesomeness is like somehow it just keeps getting higher and higher. Um, I'm, I'm really re happy to I'm, I'm excited to see what she's going to come into in season seven. Uh, but not all of her scenes were excellent, in my opinion, this season. Uh, all of Santa's were. I'm going with Santa. I agree with your points about Arya, and that was actually something that uh, helped my decision on Cersei, is the fact yeah, that yeah, Arya, I mean, Arya was the star of that really not good episode, yeah. <laughs> where she's just like, I'm high lady, I've been stabbed! I <laughs> may have, shocked. how does this happen? <laughs> I, think, I think I may have blocked that whole scene out of my mind. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's one of these things where, like, um, Cersei had some really awesome scenes. I'm not denying that. Uh, so did Arya, so did Sansa. But, I mean, if I'm counting just, like, as a percentage of how many awesome scenes out of their total scenes, I think Sansa comes out on top for me. 
Um, but I'm super excited to see what both Cersei and Sansa and Arya do next season. And I'm super excited that we've all named women so far. So that's fun, too. Me, too. I really, really strongly feel that the MVP of this season should be a woman. I actually read an article yesterday yeah. about how all the men in this whole season have basically been sucking. And the yeah. women have all been coming out on top. So. And Matt Pierce is like, well, good thing I have uh, the deciding vote. And it's John. Fuck you all. <laughs> good night. No. no. He'll call no. over and again just because. <laughs> <laughs> you still look right. It's definitely these three. You got you guys have named. I put I put John Snow on there because he was because very he good, came back he, from the dead, but it wasn't by his definitely choice. Wasn't, well, he was, was good. good. And, and I mean, like Davos was good too. Cersei was good. There were a lot of good people this season. Even Daenerys was okay most of the time, which is like uh, it's been not that way for several seasons now. Daenerys could have a turn next season. Yeah, and, and I'm excited. Like I, I thought I was done with this show, and I had a lot of bad episodes there, kind of in the middle, in my opinion. Uh, Battle of the Blackwater was pretty decent, and I really like this season finale. Like I'm kind of back on. I, <laughs> I, I was kind of out of the game for a while, and now I'm back in the game. Yeah, these last two episodes have been fucking phenomenal. Well, if, I have a couple if, issues with Battle of the Blackwater that I didn't get to talk about on this podcast, but we, we're Battle not talking about Battle of the Blackwater or uh, sorry, yeah, Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards. Sorry, yeah. alliteration. You can go ahead and throw them out because I I need you to stall for me for a couple of minutes because <laughs> since this is my podcast, you've been stalling for like forty five minutes. Let's go. I do. <laughs> you're yeah. Do you thought you had? <laughs> no, I don't have because it, it, I was hoping you got. I'm more confused than when I started because man, I just it's down to these three. It's Arya, Cersei, and Sansa. Yeah. So we're definitely getting our first female MVP. Also, it's it's definitely happening. It's just this is a decision I do not take lightly, but it falls to me to pick the one. So Stop. go ahead and say whatever you wanted to say uh, about the battle because I, I yeah stall stall <laughs> it was it was one issue really um in two scenes and it's kind of the issue that I've had with the show in general for the last couple of years, uh where it's just needlessly violent where it doesn't really make sense. Um, the, the two scenes that, uh, come to mind were, okay, so we saw, uh, Ramsey put the arrow through Rickon Stark after, like, three tense minutes of him trying to put an arrow through Rickon Stark. Um, so, I mean, that was a super tense scene, and when he actually did get him, it, it felt earned. Um, but then we didn't need to, you know, his entire army follow firing a volley of shots and didn't see didn't need to see Rickon's corpse taking like three more arrows in my opinion that just seemed like overkill literally I, I kind of yeah. kind of like that a little bit because you kind of get the feeling of oh maybe he'll be okay and then he gets shot yeah. like five more times like nah he's dead yeah it, exactly <laughs> and not only that it's like they just fired arrows at that same spot it's like you know what Rickon's body's still there yeah, I'm probably gonna get to another. I mean, I, I agree with you. Yes, his body would be there, but there's no need, need to show it. I mean, we as John in that scene already know that Rickon is dead. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't think it was a bad thing showing it. That one isn't as bad as the other one that I have, which was the final scene of uh, Ramsay being torn apart by his dogs. I get where it's poetic, but it's a stark thing that if you're passing the sentence, you kill the man yourself. And I, I wanted to see John or Sansa, ideally Sansa, take a sword and behead him. Because that's what they do. And for them to just lock him in a kennel and have him torn apart like dogs just seems over-the-top violent for no real good reason. In fact, counter to story reasons. No, it, it I... was t- his own dogs. 
And like, it worked because he was. It's just like this. And Sansa stayed and watched them start. That's yeah. the thing. Like Sansa did pass the sentence. Sansa was there for it. I would much rather have had her behead him in the classic Stark fashion. Like, that would have brought full circle to me, the idea that the Starks were back in power at Winterfell. Yeah, I think that that's more of a Stark man thing. But you know what? I, I, I agree. I see where you're coming from. And now that I think about it, you know what would be even better? Like, to combine the two and to have the dogs chained up. And to have um, her release them. And, and then have her actually release them. And I would have yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would have, been, I would have been okay with that, too, actually. That's and and that, that actually would have made more sense. That's a good like, middle ground. Also, yeah. like, just in terms of having a more sensical scene. Because one thing that always bugged me about that scene is that she's sitting there waiting for him to come unconscious, and he just happens to regain consciousness as the dogs also wake mm. up. Yeah. And come yeah. out, and it's like, what if, like, what was she going to do if he was still unconscious and the dogs came out and just started eating him? It's like, no, shush, shush, shush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, I like that point. Yep. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point, Mike. So, so you know what? You, you've softened my resolve on this. Because <laughs> I was right. fine with her we'll killing meet, him with we'll the dogs. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to remember that all the Stark men who were going to do the right thing and kill people correctly, they weren't, like torn up and abused by Ramsey. No, and, and I get where Sansa would do it. And I'm, like, not, I'm, uh, and I'm not saying just poetically, I'm saying, like, she has the right to do this now. Yeah, during she the scene, he does say, well, he does say, I'm a part of you now. Maybe that's the part of her, that part of him that's showing. Yeah. That she has him fed to her. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's reasonable. I, I could see making that argument. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Um, the one I would thing, like to see Santa take the higher ground there, maybe. I think I think the best argument against it actually is that John would go ahead with it. And well, like, like I said, I'm like, okay yeah, with no, either of them doing it. Yeah. But to to I mean, I would have at least liked to, like you said, have Santa having some agency in that scene where she, you know, releases the dogs on him or something, where she is the instrument of his undoing and not just the person who's watching. Yeah, agreed. Uh, or or have one of them take a more active role in it, like with the long sword, you know? Yeah, agreed. So. All right. Matt Pierce. Minor nitpicks. Still a good episode. All right. <laughs> what is your pick? All right. This, this is what I think I got. This is labored. <laughs> Turns out he actually yeah. just logged off the whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I, was, I was deep in thought because I had to come up with something. Good Lord. Did you, did you um, stare longingly out a window while sipping a scotch? I, <laughs> I had a scotch in my hand, and I have the three names written, and I just stood there, and I was circling the three names <laughs> over and over again, nice. trying to figure it Which out. Which one circled the most? Over and over again. <laughs> I was going to say, pan out and pierces the blackboard with all these like, <laughs> algorithms on it. <laughs> it's, it's, like a beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah. it's like a beautiful mind. I'm just losing it's it. He's got articles taped to the wall and a red string between them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not Arya Stark. Okay. Okay. I it, it's not Arya Stark, and my reasons for for it not being Arya Stark are this: a Arya Stark is going to be the season seven MVP. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> so this is this is one of those like I'm denying Leonardo DiCaprio because I know he's going to get one eventually. You want to make her earn it? <laughs> yeah. Now she does technically only got two kicks at the can, yep. but that's the thing because there's only going to be eight names etched into this so it, it 
It it can't be Arya Stark, and it also can't be Arya Stark because she had some 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 bad scenes. Uh, Miller mentioned the uh, you know when she got stabbed. Should have seen that coming. And I feel like there's a lot of recency bias with how awesome that uh, with how awesome that Walder Frey throat yeah, slashing yeah. in the last episode I was. I mean that, that that scene, while awesome, I recognize it for the pure fan service that it was. <laughs> yeah, but also I don't want to forget that it's not Arya Stark because be, because of the Arya Stark plot, we had to sit through ten minutes of that play and. That other garbage that went on <laughs> earlier in the year. So uh, Arya Stark. Here, just, just answer me this: Did the did the, yeah. did the fart jokes tip the scale at all? <laughs> they tipped the scale of her. I tipped her out of the running for MVP. Wow! Yes, <laughs> all right. Uh, but it wasn't going to so go to her anyway. Come out and say it. I'll just say. <laughs> I have inconsistencies of of how, like, she never actually completed her training yet. She's still a super assassin. And I'm just there's there's some gray area in that plot. But again. I feel like she's going to be season seven MVP. So then it falls to Cersei or Sansa. And this is where I'm kind of stuck because the argument I have here is Cersei kind of had a LeBron James season, a, 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 a late LeBron. She had, she had, this is, this is, this is as good as I get here. Cause this is where I, I cross <laughs> Allow me to be the first person to, to, to compare sports to pop culture. Yeah. The first one ever. <laughs> Cersei did a current LeBron James where the beginning of the season, she coasted a little bit on her own kind of morals morals there and and we 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 took for granted that she was Cersei Lannister much like people took for granted that she was that like like must like people take for LeBron James for granted and then at the end much like playoff time she turned it on and then went for the championship with that giant explosion at the end like once the playoffs started she's a player (laughs) she was unshackled and the the and and exactly, and at the buzzer was there. Sansa Stark had a young LeBron James season where out there earning she, it every game. Yeah, she was out there earning it every game, and and except the first one when nah. when, when she declined to bring up the Knights of the Vale when they were bring, building their army in the first place. Yeah, that's true. But the whole way, and who would have thunk it? Because Sansa Stark, one of the most annoying characters in the first couple seasons of the show, where every time she was on screen, you just wanted her the hell off, especially in season one. For her to make a bid for MVP, I think is fantastic. Now, that said, I'm saying Sansa Stark was young LeBron James, and I'm saying Cersei Lannister is old LeBron James. Young LeBron James did not win any championships, therefore, <laughs> season six MVP, Cersei Lannister, ladies and gentlemen. All right. On board, yeah. it's, it's it, Lena Headley. Nice. I, I, I feel like... That's three to two. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's Cersei Lannister. I, I feel like I made the right decision there. I don't know. But I would have tough. been happy for either of those two. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue yeah. with it. They're, they're all good choices. Yeah, any one of the three was a win. <laughs> Yeah. I obviously Lena. agree. That was the one I brought up. So woohoo! Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I brought it up first. You just made an action. <laughs> After much deliberation, I agree. Oh come on, Rob. Yeah. Yours was like, oh yeah, so maybe Cersei. And I was like, no, Cersei. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. When have, it, I made it was... An ever... when have I made a compelling argument towards anything on this pod? <laughs> <laughs> I 
feel like, like oh, come on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw shit around. Early, early, <laughs> early bids for season seven, though. I'm thinking. I, I think Sansa Stark and Arya Stark are going to be back up here next yeah, year. Sansa, Arya, and Danny are going to be like yeah. the ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Daenerys Targaryen does not have her name is not etched on this list. Like, it, has it, it ever is, come like, up before as a possibility? She, she would have been in season yeah, one. She would have been, but, she would have been the, the runner for season one. She, yeah, she was runner up in season one, but unfortunately, she Ned Stark been like Eddard, for season one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Eddard Stark would have been is is just to uh, to Sean Bean. Yeah, to to Sean Bean, not to give him that award. He also kind of defined the whole um, like the idea of Game of Thrones that everyone can die. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, season two, Tyrion Lannister. That was him doing the whole hand of the king Tyrion stuff. Tyrion's fantastic, and uh, I would give the honorable yeah. mention to Arya actually in that season. In season two, yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's very good. Season three, it's not even close. It was Jamie Lannister. I would actually I argue Tywin Lannister, but Tywin was in there, and, and Lord knows because that was the Red Wedding season. Yeah, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you you know I'm I, I ride with uh, <laughs> with Tywin, but. Tywin would have been an honorable mention. Jamie Lannister, just the whole thing with him, he got his hand cut off that season. Him and Brienne did all that. Their buddy cop mission. Yeah, they, it, basically. That, that, was, that was when Jamie actually became a real character. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Season three. Like, he was Jamie basically yes. just like some sort of ridiculous the, caricature yeah, the, the, the of a douchebag. Kingslayer asshole. <laughs> yeah, for the first yeah. two years, he's just this caricature. And then all of a sudden, he, in, in the third season, he got, well, a third dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, season four was Oberyn Martell. Uh, Runner-up, I think, was Tyrion Lannister, who was booking for his second MVP award oh, yeah. that year. Uh, I think Tyrion's yeah. uh, big push for that season was his the speech. trial. Yeah, yeah the like, trial speech. <laughs> when he but even just the stuff like combat. Oh, my God, that was so good. <laughs> season five, Stannis Baratheon. I don't think we had a who, – who would have been the runner-up in – Season five was a mess, in my opinion. I think Stannis probably five. took it. <laughs> Yeah, it was Stannis. It wasn't even close because he had he had all of the like. I mean, I I don't want to say he he won in a down year, but he kind of did. Well, that but. was like the White Walkers, like just yeah. All of them. <laughs> That's you true. could make yeah. make an argument for Arya because she presumably did stuff, and she's just been completely solid throughout the entire series. Yeah. Ari, I feel like Arya is going to get. Hopefully, Arya is going to get her. She's due. She's constantly contending yeah, for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's two. There's two left. There's two left. Is, is she gonna get one? I feel like. I feel like. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like we're gonna get Arya next season, and then either Littlefinger or Varys in the last season. No, yeah. I think. Dana- I, I think, think Daenerys. I think it could go be- Arya Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be my guess. But uh, that's it. All right. So. Yeah, that's it for season six of Game of Thrones. Man, I had a lot of fun this year, and uh, unfortunately, I gotta come up with something to put on the podcast next week. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thing to say, uh, crossover podcast available on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, crossover podcast, uh, com, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash crossover podcast. We're on, we follow us on the at Potter and Family Movement, hashtag Potter and Family on Twitter, M, at Empire6, M P E A R C E, and the number six for my Twitter account. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. And uh, please rate and subscribe on iTunes and uh, holler at me if you feel like I made the wrong decision on Cersei Lannister being the MVP of season six. I want to thank you guys for coming out and uh, I'm sure we'll get you guys on the podcast eventually for other stuff. But until then, uh, 
burn it all because uh, <laughs> season seven's coming, oh, and we're, we're finally on the way to Westeros. Good night, uh, everybody. Good night. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Happy birthday, Liz. Yeah, thank you.